Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Oh, good evening. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday night. It's another Tuesday night. Rightly dividing the word here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Thank you guys for showing up tonight. This is where the real serious saints get ready to dig in, roll up their sleeves, dig deep so we can get into the word and we can grow in a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So thank you guys for showing up tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in. Those of you guys that are on the internets, tuning in uh, to the live stream, Facebook, YouTube. Thank you guys for, for uh, joining us tonight. Um, we're going to get into another uh, series of Ask the Elders, and I am Pastor Donald. I'm the teaching pastor here at the Building Christian Fellowship, joined by none other than the senior pastor of the Building Christian Fellowship, Pastor John R. Butcher Sr., and we have our mom, the minister of music, Atira Johnson here at the Building Christian Fellowship, live for you guys tonight. Um, so before we jump into tonight's study, uh, let's open up with the word of prayer. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come together, Lord, to, to, to learn uh, of, of who you are, Lord, and learn what your plan and your purpose is for our lives. Father, we thank you for giving us your only begotten son, for breaking the, the bank of heaven to pour out uh, the richness of your grace and your mercy upon us through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Jesus, for your obedience and your, and your desire to glorify the Father, that you would lay down your life for, for people like us while we were enemies with you, that you commended your love toward us, that you would draw us into a relationship with the Father and yourself, that we would be reconciled unto you. We thank you most, uh, mostly for, for uh, not only your, your, your life, your death, your burial, and your resurrection, but also for leaving us here, not as orphans, but leaving us here with a comforter, a mediator, the, 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 the paraclete, the, the, the helper, the friend, the teacher that will lead us into all truth. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would have your way tonight, that you would use us however you wish, that you would be, begin to just prepare the, the soil of our hearts tonight, that we would receive the seed of the word and that it would bear forth much fruit. Lord, we thank you for all of this and we ask this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So once again, I'd like to thank you guys for coming out tonight. Tonight is Ask the Elders, and we have a, a, a little uh, special series tonight as far as Ask the Elders is concerned. Typically, we just take random questions that you guys send in, and, uh, and we, we do our best to answer those and, and give you the word on that. Uh, but tonight is, is a little different because uh, we have something coming up in a couple of weeks, which is uh, baptisms and baby dedications. And so tonight... We want to take the time out to, to answer some questions that are very common around the subject of baptism. So we're going to be covering baptism tonight. Hopefully you guys will uh, get something out of this. And um, uh, again, uh, that's what we're doing tonight. Pastor, you got anything you want, to, you want to say real quick before we jump into this? I'm excited about it. This is a part of what Christendom is. And um, 
I'm excited to preach about it. I'm, I'm excited to answer some questions. And hopefully for most of you that are out there in cyberland or whatever you know, you're going you're gonna to learn something new today that you might not have heard before. Amen. 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 So uh, let's just go ahead and kick it off. Um, we're going to talk about baptism, like we said. Um, pastor, who, who's, who's an avid uh, historian, he's like a history buff. He likes history. Um, and, and baptism, as you know, like the church is, is, is old, man. The church is not anything new, but Christ being alive in the church is constantly doing a new thing yeah. with his body. But baptism is, is an ancient thing uh, in the church. So, Pastor, could you break down a little bit of the history uh, behind baptism? Because a lot of people have different concepts of what baptism is. And so can you kind of take us back? Yeah, let's, let's go all the way back. Let's go back um, to, it, to the um, Old Testament, because most people think that baptism was a, something with the, the church um, when the church first started. A lot of people think, yeah, like, oh, don't, baptism only happened when John was walking around baptizing his disciples, and then Jesus came, and if you guys remember, he said, um, the one that, uh, John said, the one that comes after me is not worthy, I'm not worthy to latch his shoes, like his Air Jerusalems, he wasn't able to do that. So we, we, we look at the scriptures, and we have to go back and see that nothing's new under the sun. And God explains to us, and if we look in history, and you guys, I love history, I love biblical history, but I'm going to just share a few uh, pieces of scripture that kind of shows us a shadow of what baptism is or what was, go what was going on during that time. One of the times that we see in Exodus chapter 40, it tells us of the furniture that was used in the Old Testament tabernacle, and that one of those pieces of furniture were called a laver. And some people think a laver is only about the size of this table, but the actual laver that was made um, for the Old Testament um, tabernacle was made for the priests to wash themselves in. You guys see hearing? It was full of water, and they would wash themselves before they were able to perform their uh, priestly duties. And we see that um, in Leviticus. We also see in uh, verse 16 and 4, it says, He shall put the holy linen tunic and the linen trousers on his body. He shall be girded with the linen sash, and when the linen turban, he shall be attired. These are holy garments. Therefore, he shall wash his body in water and put them on. So before he was able to, to get dressed up or do what he, his priestly duties were or was, he would wash himself. He would cleanse himself. You guys with me? Yeah, also, if you guys love, love the Bible like I do, you read in Leviticus and uh, 15, Numbers 19, it, it speaks about um, immersion in water by ridding yourself of the body's impurities. So I don't know if you guys know this. Do you guys, you guys remember uh, David when he was sitting it says, it was the time when kings were at war, and David was sitting in his palace, and when he was sitting in his palace, he saw a woman that was bathing on her rooftop. She was actually, if you guys know about this, the reason why he was able to see her is because it was the time of her impurity, 
If you guys know what that means, some of you guys do, some of you guys don't. It was after her monthly, every woman had to go and ceremoniously clean themselves by immersing, immersing themselves in water in a laver to purify, to get rid of all her impurities. So this was a form of a woman being uh, ceremony, ceremoniously clean. This is why they called her Bathsheba. Did you guys catch that? Bathsheba. That's where he got her name from. She was in the bath. I don't know about that, but anyhow, go ahead. <laughs> this is this is like, hey, this we we in the church, man. We can't have drunk history. Okay, this is, <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. Bible history. Right? I'm drunk yeah. in the spirit. Drunk in the spirit. <laughs> One of the things that I also saw that David said this, and David was confessing his sin to God. In Psalms 51 and 2, he says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me of my sin. We're talking about a washing. Ezekiel even mentioned it as a, a symbolic cleansing of water as he proclaimed God's message concerning his nation, re, re, his nation's recovery from um, apostasy. Ezekiel 36, 25 says this, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your filthiness and from your idols. Listen, as we see, and this is just a little bit of, of we see, we see a foreshadowing of what baptism is. It shows us that there was a, a picture of water that cleansed us of our impurities or our sin. Amen. 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 Um, so, all right. So, so, now that we have like kind of an Old Testament history, and we're, we're, we're going to jump right into the New Testament because we are the New Testament church. So moving into the New Testament, can you explain to us, like, obviously, Old Testament baptism had to do with, with kind of like, you know, they're still under the law. They still have to keep these rituals, these traditions and everything. Um, mainly, like, especially as being priest, it was, it was for preservation of their life in, in their duties of service, right? So... Um, New Testament, Jesus has come, right? Yeah. Jesus has, has been our, our, our great mediator. He's sacrificed. He's cleansed us, washed us of all of our sins. So now we like, we're made clean, right? Mm -hmm. So what is baptism in the New Testament? What is baptism? What is baptism in the New Testament? Well, let's, let's kind of talk about what baptism is, first of all, because some people just sit down and probably anybody that's ever been to church or seen uh, a movie with somebody standing out in the water. They're like, well, what are they doing? What's going on? Let's talk about this real quick. So simply, baptism is when a person enters into the water. We're talking about immersion. A person will enter into some water, a body of water, or uh, we'll just say a body of water. A person will come in. They will stand in the water, and a person will come in either standing with this person or outside, and they will literally dunk them completely immersed in the water and bring them out. Now, I know many different uh, faiths uh, use different ways and forms of baptism, and, uh, but immersion is the way it was done. Yeah, it is definitely key. So there's only one way that we could really think about this is I, I know that E-40 used to say sprinkle me, but nobody in here is Catholic because some people will do that. That's not what... The Bible tells us people went into the water, they went down into the water, 
They were completely immersed, and then they were brought back up. Now, I don't want to get into the whole Greek thing about baptism and baptismo and what it means or anything like that because it gets really convoluted, but really what the word baptismo means is to immerse and cleanse. So it's kind of like when you wash your clothes, the clothes that are dirty, you, you bring them into the water, and while they're in the water, there's a cleansing process that happens, and when it comes out, it comes back new. So did I, I, did I answer that question? I, I, I don't know. what. Mom, you have, you have anything to chime in, Tira? Nothing? Not yet. Let me, let me say that. So, so, so basically, immersion, like being dunked completely under. Yes. Okay. So, because that, that kind of reminds me, like, some of the older saints, me growing up in church, I heard them talk about, like, the watery grave. Like, with, mm, like okay, okay. the watery grave, right? So, that's, that's the significance of being completely dunked under. Yes. Okay. Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Were you, were you, did you have something else you were you about to? No, no, no. Okay. No. Um, so, so, with that, th- let, me, let me say this, too. This is something that I, in, in looking this up, um, I thought was pretty interesting because uh, symbolically they're saying the immersion again, talking about being completely dunked under. It's it's a representation of us being united with Christ in not only his death but his burial and then the resurrection. So because you said the, the going down and then the coming up, right? So I found this in 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 looking this up. It says. There have been instances of persons being buried alive. And I'm afraid that this thing happens with sad frequency in baptism. But it is unnatural and by no means the rule. I fear that many have been buried alive in baptism and have therefore risen and walked out the grave just as they were. But if burial is true, it is a certificate of death. If I am able to say in, in, in every truth I was buried with Christ 30 years ago, I must surely be dead. Certainly the world thought so, for not long after my burial with Jesus, I began to preach his name. And by that time, the world thought me very far gone and said, he stinketh. <laughs> they began to say all manner of evil against the preacher, but the more I stank in their nostrils, the better I liked it, for the surer I was that I was really dead to the world." It is good for a Christian to be offensive to the wicked man. See how our master stank in the esteem of the godless. We've been going through the journey through John, and we saw how all types of funky activities was, was, was happening between him and, and the religious leaders of the time. So we, we obviously know that, that there has to be some kind of change. It can't just be like a sprinkling or a wiping on or something like that. Like there has to be an actual change going down and coming up different, right? Right. right. Okay, so with that, with that being said, now that we know what baptism is and, and kind of what it represents, when, when do we do this? Like when's a good time for us to know like... Well, if, if, if I can digress for a second. <laughs> we, we do this, and as, as uh, Pastor Donald just said, that when we get baptized, you know, you guys said, what is baptism? Baptism literally is this. It's the spiritual connection with Christ's death and his resurrection. Bapt- baptism identifies you with Christ, with his death, his, bezo- his 
burial and his resurrection. It's very important to understand that because it's not, you're not just going, okay, I'm getting, I'm, 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 uh, jumped into the church. That's yeah. not what it's all about. It, yeah. and, and as we just heard, who, who was that, that? Who was that? Is that Dietrich? That was the Prince of Preachers, man. That was the man. Prince of Preachers. Spurgeonites. Spurgeon. <laughs> yeah. That's Spurgeonitis. Yes. All right, go ahead. No, so as we look at it, that's what it is. Romans chapter 6, 1 through 7 says this. Well then, should we keep sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Yeah. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sin selves were crucified with Christ so that the sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Man, that is a mouthful. This, I mean, if we could stop right here and realize that, look, when you come, when you come to the Lord... And, 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 and realize and say, God, I, I, I've been pricked in my heart. I accept you as Jesus Christ and my Lord and Savior. There is a washing that happens spiritually, but there's also a washing that happens physically, but is very spiritual. Come on now. So in, in order for me to be identified with Christ, I got to be identified not with just who he is, but what he's done, what he did on earth when he, he lived, when he died, and when he resurrected. I want to be identified with Christ in every form and aspect of what he's done for us here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Just, just kind of a, a, a side question. I'm, I'm just curious because we're talking about when. So, so Atira, when, when did you get baptized? Uh-huh. So... Funny, I was just thinking about that today. And okay, so the first time I got baptized. Okay, okay. okay. First time I got baptized, I believe I was 10. I think I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And it was way back in the day, Emmanuel Christian Center. Big shout out to the Jones family. Um, by my childhood pastor, Pastor Vernon Jones at Parkway Community Church. That's what it was known as by the, back then. And the second time and the last time that I got baptized was in 2007, February 17th, 2007, in Columbus, Ohio, at World Harvest Church. And um, it was so funny, because I, funny, so funny you asked me that, because what's going through my mind is, um, I know when it comes to religion with a lot of general knowledge, it's just the ups and downs, bells and smells and rigmarole, you know, just you, the acts that you follow, this is what I'm supposed to do. But there is a I feel like things lack power when there's no understanding of the why. You get what I'm saying? And I think uh, that is a tendency that people have to kind of just brush it off. Of it's not important for me to be baptized. So um, that saying that, there's, there are certain things, and I think baptism is one of them, and I equate it to marriage in, this, in the context of, you know, a lot, a lot of people refer to marriage, oh, it's just a piece of paper. 
oh, it's just, you know, it's just a ring. It's just an act. It's just a ceremony. When, no, it's not. It's so far from that. And when baptism, when it comes to baptism, that was kind of my attitude. It was like, well, I did it a long time ago. But the thing is this, the difference was an understanding. It was different, was an understanding. And one of the, the things that the elder uh, had that was teaching the baptism class before all of us went and got baptized, and it's really simple. It was like, if Jesus needed to do it, what makes you think you don't need to? And it was just that was like, okay, yeah, that's, that settles it for me. You know what I mean? Amongst other things that we're talking about tonight. But um, it's this uh, seemingly common and un- insignificant action that has incredible spiritual power and significance. You know, it doesn't mean like, it doesn't seem like it's much, okay, I'm dipping in the water. Okay. What does this have to do with anything? No, it's an understanding of what it means. And then it's you aligning your heart with the action and what it represents. And as you go through it, that's where the transformation comes. We can't explain the increase. One plants, one waters, but we can't explain the increase. We can't explain the spiritual transformation that goes on. And I can say for sure that I experienced that transformation on February 17th, 2007 at Columbus, Ohio, that when, when I went under the water, I came up different. I came up different. You know what I'm saying? And it was just a, it's kind of like how you're already married in your heart, but you, you've already, you technically already married before you walk down the aisle on paper and everything like that. But it's going through the ceremony that like solidifies that. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Where your heart connects to what the action, the physical action of what you're doing. And um, that's my baptism story. Wow. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. The understanding makes, makes all the all difference the world in the difference. world. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Pastor? When, when did you get baptized? Um, I don't actually remember the day. I remember when I got saved, and I believe it was a month afterwards, so it was probably in September sometime. And, and just like uh, Tira, when she, when, just like she just said, it was the same thing for me. I remember I didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about the scriptures. I just knew that somebody came and told me, this, you need to be baptized. And they just explained it to me. And I was like, this is what I want. I didn't know much about it or anything else like that. And I remember being so excited to get baptized that I felt like a kid. And I walked down in the water. And I remember hitting the water and coming up. And just like uh, Tira said, I literally was changed. I could feel it in my heart. I began to weep. And um, just thinking about it, I have a picture. I wish I, I, got a, I can find it somewhere. Somebody took a picture of me, and I was just praising God. I couldn't even get out of the water. Because, you know, sometimes people get so, and, and, and I've baptized a lot of people, because sometimes people go into the water because of this is just what we do as Christians. But that moment was a moment I'll never forget. I just stayed in the water and just glorified and worshiped God. And the, my pastor, my bishop at the time was worshiping with me. And I'll never forget that. I wish I knew the date, but I definitely will never forget the experience. Amen. Um, yeah, I, I definitely can relate to both of you guys, both of you guys' experiences because it was the same for me. I was, uh, I was 15 at the time that I, that I, uh, got baptized. Um, it was June of 1995. Um, actually, I think it was probably the same day that you got, you first got baptized. But for me, it was like, 
I knew what was going on. I didn't know everything. Like, I didn't know all of this stuff that we're going over tonight. But one thing that I knew was, like, I knew that I wanted to be and needed to be identified with Christ. I knew that much. Um, and going down and coming out, I just was completely, it completely, it was different for me. Like, I just, I knew that that I wasn't the same person anymore. Yeah. And um, so, so, yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I can say, though, is, like, I've definitely had my shares of ups and downs in my walk since then. So don't want anybody to think that uh, that you're going to come out sinless. Yeah. You're just going to sin less, okay? So, <laughs> so, so just keep that in mind. Go ahead and put that in your pocket. Just know that you ain't going to come out sinless, but you're going to sin less. I guarantee that because you just come out with uh, 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 a different, a renewed mind, a renewed, uh, a newness of life where you just know that like, yeah, yeah, sin is going to be ever present, but it is no longer my master, right? right? Because we've been crucified with Christ. One, one, something else that I came across, it says, I may sin, but sin can never have dominion over me. I may be a transgressor and wander much from my God, but never can I go back to the old death again. When my Lord's grace got a hold of me and buried me, he wrought in my soul the conviction that henceforth and forever I was to the world a dead man. And that's what that is. It's proclaiming that we are dead to the world. Though we are in this world, we learned, we learned a couple of weeks ago that, that Jesus' prayer was for his people not to be taken out of the world, but that we would remain in the world with a significant and meaningful connection to it because that is our mission field, right? The hope of the world is the local church. And it was funny, last week we were, we were at like a little one-day conference and one of the questions that one of the pastors got up and asked, he says, look, is, is, is the church, the local church, truly the hope of the world or do we just like getting together on Sundays? And that's what we need to ask ourselves. If you've been in the church this long, I know we've been talking, we've just been on the subject of when, but you've been in the church this long, what are you waiting for? It's just like, it's, it, that, that's... That's a cardinal offense. That's the only cardinal offense being a Christian here at the Building Christian Fellowship above not having downloaded the app yet. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, what are you doing with your life? And I say to you, if you've been here and you've been saved and you've been serving and you ain't been baptized yet, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your life? Wow. Um, something I wanted to add, you know, I know it's like, Everybody thinks it's like this magical thing that when you come, I know it, if you don't, if you're still trying to wrap your mind and your heart around the act of baptism and how it brings everything together. It's kind of what the picture in my mind I have is of a, of an infant being born and placed on the mother's chest. And in that time period between that is the bonding time. And what I like it, how it, how it parallels that truth parallels is you're being reborn. You, you've been reborn, you've been renewed. So it's like a renewed uh, it's like a renewed uh, sense of dependency on the Lord, which brings a closeness. It's like, I am absolutely dependent on, on you, Lord, for everything, for my sustenance and for my growth. And, for, and it just, it, it's, just it's, an, it's, a, it's a witness that is awakened in your heart that it's like, I, Jesus is everything that I need. And how glorious this thing he's done that made it possible for me to have access and to be close to him. And it's just so important. It just, it just brings, the, brings to life and to, to attention the need and the necessity for closeness with God. And it's just such a resonant witness when that happens. I feel like I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah.
definitely. Go ahead, Pastor. You were about to say something? No, I was, I oh, was I saying it you, was good. <laughs> I thought you were about to My say My preaching something. mind started going. I have to write that down for another week. <laughs> um, so here's, here's another question um, I want to ask regarding, regarding baptism, because a lot of people get baptism and salvation mixed up and mm. intertwined and intermingled. So just a, a question that does come about with baptism, because uh, I know in the hood, you know what I'm saying? In the hood, a lot of dudes confuse baptism like, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to change my life. I got to go get baptized. But they haven't even like, you know what I'm saying, confessed and believed. So can mm. baptism mm. get you to heaven? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Can it get you there? Baptism alone does not give uh, one person uh, salvation, nor does it guarantee you a place in the Lamb's Book of Life. Sorry. I honestly Sorry. believe that's, that's why you have a lot of people in referring to the quote from Spurgeon that you just, that you just said, why well, you got a lot of wet zombies walking around here, wet. still dead in their sins, still dead in their trespasses, because they thought an act without understanding the significance was going to, to bring them salvation and rescue them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's, that's how important understanding, do, having an understanding behind doing what you're supposed to do is. It's so, it's so that you, you're, not, you're not deceived. You get what I'm saying? And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, who have been deceived um, because a lot of sometimes Christians that don't have a full understanding themselves have kind of broadcasted and, and elevated above salvation, above receiving Christ at all. They've of, of elevated works above the actual Ex spiritual transformation go. that is supposed to happen when you could believe with your heart and confess with your mouth and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Yeah, it's, people think that baptism is, is it's fire insurance for your life. Mm. And, and, and baptism... Baptism alone, just like it's, baptism alone does not save you. You got people who will just come to the church and they'll sign up for baptisms and come in the water and they think, hey, I got baptized, so God forgives me. He loves me. He sees all that I'm doing. No, that's not what it is. It's not, just to let you guys understand something. Look, Jesus Christ came and when he died, he died for the sins of the world. Do you guys understand that? He died for the sins of everybody. So we don't have a sin problem as far as the world. It's not that. The problem is that we're not in relationship with Jesus. We, people die, die without a relationship with Christ, and that's when they made their decision to go to hell, basically, because there is no relationship with Christ. That's why he said, Jesus said this. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? That's the key thing. It's about relationship, not about, because Jesus, Jesus' blood was so powerful, he died for the whole world, even the unsaved. Do you guys understand that? So when people come and they want to get, they, they want to jump in the water and they're like, yeah, I get that experience. It's not about being baptized that saves you at all. That's good. Um, yeah. Because to, to piggyback off what you said is another, another Spurgeonism. Um, he says, nothing puts life in a man like a dying Savior. A man who knows that he is saved by believing in Christ does not, when he is baptized, lift his baptism into a saving ordinance. In fact, he is the very best protester against that mistake 
because he holds that he has no right to be baptized until he is first saved. So, as as we've been as we as we've been saying, it's it's a it's something that you are compelled to do by the Spirit and commanded to do by the Word once you have believed on the Son. Yeah, and and basically, John three and five says it. Mm. it. Says Jesus answered, "Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit." He cannot enter in the kingdom of God. So there's people that don't have a relationship with Christ. See, that's the whole thing about, do I have to be baptized to be saved? Well, they go hand in hand. Baptism in, in, in uh, it says here, Jesus says, truly, truly, as I say to you, unless one is born of water, that's the cleansing, that's the outward physical, he says, and of the spirit, which happens inside in your heart. You can't enter the kingdom. You have to be both. And it's funny that you say that because um, reading a couple chapters before that, again, as we've been journeying through John, and we just, we just referenced um, something that we, we studied several weeks ago, is that Jesus was baptized right before that, right before he has this conversation with Nicodemus. That John chapter 3, he's having the conversation with Nicodemus, and he gives him that reference of being born of the water and of the Spirit. And this was after Jesus had been baptized. And Atira made reference to it earlier, like, uh, I forget who you said, that said it like, if, if, if Jesus himself was baptized, what makes you think that you don't need to be? And, and it's interesting because a lot of us, again, we kind of we are expecting this, like, mysterious, magical, shout out to Ray Charles, magical moment, <laughs> this magical moment. And, and because let's, let's think about it. Like when we look at the fact of Jesus, J Jesus's baptism, it was like, you know, it was a groundbreaking, like crazy thing. Like you, for the first time, you're able to see the Godhead all at once involved in working in front, like you're, uh, uh, all of the senses, all of the senses, appealing to all of the senses. People heard the Father speak. People saw the, 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 the Spirit descend upon the Son. And they're seeing Jesus physically immersed in water, right? This is, this is, a, this is a dope experience that, that people are experiencing for the first time, seeing the Godhead, and this is what my plan is for you. So in faith, in faith, we have to understand that regardless of whether we feel it, regardless of whether we see it, that the same thing is happening when you do the word and you go ahead and go down in that watery grave and you come out, that the father is still speaking and saying, this is my son, this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. The spirit is descending upon you for the service uh, uh, unto the son. Yeah. You, are you guys following this? Come and on, you're man. being united with the son in his death, burial, and resurrection. Yes. Woo. So, with that being said, I uh, think I uh. think I kind of almost answered the next question, which was why, and <laughs> that's why, right? That's why. But Pastor, I know you got you you have some more to share with, with the why, and and what this is. Yeah, you know, because I can hear you guys, and there's people right now by the Spirit of God. I'm hearing right now 
<laughs> on Facebook and on YouTube saying, well, well, if, if I'm saved, this is what you're saying in your heart. No, listen, some people are like, look, what about the thief on the cross? Mm. He didn't get baptized. Right? right, right. right? You, guys, and you guys familiar with that? There's a thief on the cross. Uh, Jesus, uh, or in Luke 23, 43, this is what Jesus said to, to, to the thief on the cross. He said, Jesus replied, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. But I thought you had to be baptized. Ooh, so do you think Jesus at that point in time will say, hold on, I'm going to get off the cross for a second. We're going to get the other thief down. We're going to baptize him and then put him back on the cross, and then he has to die, right? Was he saved when Jesus said he was saved? Well, let's just think about that for a second. James chapter 4 and 17 says this, and you guys, listen very carefully. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Now, I share this with you because... There are, and if I'm using this word correctly, anomalies in the scripture. There is a certain grace that God allows for people. There's been hospital beds I've sat down in, people that, that did, didn't even believe in Christ. And I sat down and preached the glorious gospel to them right in the moment of death. And they received Jesus Christ. Do you think God will take grace away from them when we go, hey, somebody get some water because they got to be saved? No, it's a special grace that God gives to those. But for people like us that have the opportunity to do, can I say it again? The opportunity to do good, then to, to us, it's a sin when we procrastinate. It's an opportunity for us to, 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 to do what God tells us to do, to, for that commandment to be born by, by the Spirit and be born of water. Amen. Amen. That was good. You know what else? I, something just, something just uh, occurred to me when you're talking about the whole thing with the thief. Like, yeah, people, people, think, people think they're real slick and real, like, getting around stuff, like professional, like, loophole finders and stuff like Loophole's. that. And, and they're like, yeah, well, the thief didn't get baptized. But understand this. The thief probably has done more defending the gospel than you have. Ooh. Because oh, when the other thief started bad-mouthing and talking crap about Jesus, while he's up there yeah. on the cross, fellowshipping in the suffering, fellowshipping in the suffering, he said, man, don't talk about him because he is innocent. We were wrong. He do, he's done nothing to deserve this. Here he is defending the gospel. My God. Defending the gospel. Well, we get right? mad at that. Yeah. We get mad Thank you, Holy day. Spirit. The, the, <laughs> he's sitting there defending the gospel, which also reminds me of another. Like, that, that's how I know that for sure that that man, that, that Jesus made good on his promise of bringing him into to paradise with him because when we read in Hebrews how it talks about there's a great cloud of witnesses and then goes on to explain why like like that we haven't even gone to the point of shedding blood to but this dude while he's on the cross with Jesus come on man That's good. like that that does, does does he really need he's being baptized in the suffering yeah at that point mm. So, yeah, man, this is good, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, thank you, Jesus. So uh, we're going to wrap it up with this. This is where, this is where we're going we're gonna to go. So now that we know what baptism is, we got the history on it. We know uh, 
why it's important for us to be baptized, when, now we kind of like, we need to know like the how. Like, okay, so we know that, that we, you, we touched a little bit on the how because we know that it's immersion, right? We know it's not the sprinkling, right? Um, so like, how does this happen? Like you go down in the water, what do you say? Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo? What do you say? Drip, drop, sprinkle, sprinkle. What, what do what? What do we say? Right. What, what, what do we say? Like, how how does this happen? Um, you know, you got some people that's like, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then you got, and then you know, we baptize you, and they dip, and they come up. You got other people that's like, uh, uh, in Jesus' name, Jesus of Nazareth of uh latter day you know it's like they like it's all these different things so how does this happen like how does scripture tell us to go about baptizing how many people believe in the scripture wherever you're at if you really believe what scripture says okay yes um i believe scripture and i'm gonna say some things for some people that want to argue but you don't have to argue with me you can just look up the scriptures uh, on what and how we're supposed to do it. Jesus said this, listen. He said in Matthew 28, 19, everybody knows the scripture. He says, go ye therefore and all teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. This is what Jesus said. Now, let's, let's think about this. Jesus said, go teach all nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Listen, there's only one name, but there's three titles given. The Bible says baptizing them in the name, which is singular, not in the names of. You guys hear me? If it were written names of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, it would, uh, it would show us that it's a plural form. Names, not name. Now, obviously, the apostles got this revelation when Jesus said it. Because why wouldn't Jesus say, go baptize them for me? Do you guys get it? He says, I want you to go out and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The apostles got the revelation. And let's think about this. All through Scripture, you guys right now out there in, in Internet land, write them down. Don't just, you can show me later. Send me an email, pastor at tbcf.life. But I'm going to read some to you. So why do we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ? Why? Check this out. Acts chapter 2 and 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, as I get ready to finish reading these scriptures, you're not going to see anywhere else that the apostles did it any different. They did it exactly the way Jesus told them. Baptize in this name. Acts chapter 8, 16. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts 8, I mean, Acts 10 and 48. And then he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they, um, him to tarry certain days. Acts 19 and 5. 
when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You you guys with me? Acts 22, 16. And now, why do you delay? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. What is that name? Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. It just, just the revelation that you guys will understand is everything that you do, we always do with the name of Jesus Christ. When we lay hands on people and heal them, we go in the name of? Yes. When we pray, we pray in, in Jesus' name, we pray. It's the power of the name of Jesus. That's what we have. There is power. You guys know the song? There's power in that name. Jesus. There is no other name given unto men that a man should be saved in that name of Jesus. Why do we do it? We do it because the authority is in that name. So when we baptize people, we baptize them in the name of Jesus. When we lay hands on people, we do it in the name of Jesus. When we anoint people, we do it in the name of Jesus. You guys with me? You guys with me? So because uh, of, of the Building Christian Fellowship, we are definitely a church that believes in Scripture and doing what the apostles showed us and told us what to do. That was the gift that God has given us, was with the, one of the gifts that God has given the church, was that those were the apostles. And they showed us that everything that we do, we do in the name of Jesus. We, we greet you in the name of our glorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good, man. Like, so, we, we actually covered a lot of ground tonight. Yeah. Um, just on one subject. Like, that's, that's crazy. Um, of course, like, we didn't go, like, super exhaustive, but, like, Not at all. Y'all, got, y'all got enough goods to grow on and, and, like, really chew on that. And so, with this, our prayer is that um, if you're out there and you've been waiting on, on getting baptized, you guys got an opportunity that's coming up within, with, when is it? Oh, this Sunday. I'm sorry. This Sunday, May 2nd, this Sunday, you got an opportunity to come here to the Building Christian Fellowship. Look, stop worrying about Kovisha and, and all, that, all that madness. Look, the, the, the enemy would love to use anything to leverage a wedge between you and your breakthrough that God has for you. This is a, this is an, it, this is a, a uh, uh, a serious and critical part of your relationship uh, with Christ. And we wanted to encourage you guys tonight by giving you understanding. And now that you have understanding, you're going to be held accountable for that. Mm. You know, t- the accountability in the world right now looks a lot like hate, unfortunately. But no, it's, it's called accountability. It's called accountability. It's not hate. Like some of y'all get mad and think somebody's hating on you because they're holding you accountable about your diet. Right. Um, look, no, it's not hate, baby. It's just accountability. Right. So we're just trying to keep you guys accountable in your walk. We want to see you grow. We want to see you guys go out and do great exploits and make his name great here in the earth. So just like he's planned for you long ago, these are good works that he has called you to. And you need to be equipped for it. And you need to be united with him and one with him in his death, his burial and his resurrection. So that way you can, you can live free with a clear conscience because that's part of what this is. 
you you're you're able to get a free and clear conscience that you have you have actually done like there's nothing that the enemy can hold against you right it's it's almost like you sitting you sitting around in church and you don't even have you you know you ain't got your L's and you're driving around no man this is this is it's as simple as you going ahead and making the decision to go ahead and do it lord i'm going to honor you and i'm going to do your word if it was good enough for jesus it's good enough for me amen yeah, um, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, some of you just in your mind, I, and this is between you and the Lord, but there's some people that like, just like um, Minister Tira says, I had been baptized before, but it was because something I didn't really understand. And maybe even now that I've gotten some understanding, I, I want to get baptized again. And that you, that's an option. If, if you that are out here, out there, in Cyberland, are you that are here right here at the Building Christian Fellowship? If you want to be baptized, we can uh, go on the app, app, and go on the app. Fill out the the form. Fill out the the connection, connection card, card. Fill out the connection card on the app, and we will contact you and let you know where to go from there. Um, again, it's this Sunday, May second. This, this Sunday, we want to see your face in the place. Because the place is going to be full of grace hey. and the Holy Spirit going to be taking up the space. Hey. And I can't think of anything else because, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, that's where the rhymes ran out, the bars <laughs> ran out. But, but yeah, again, please make sure that you're here in the building. And, and if you if you already been baptized, we still want to see you in the place. Yes. Supporting those that are coming yes. and that are going to get dunked, man. We're going to have an awesome time in the Lord and it's, and it's going up this Sunday, May 2nd. Also, another shout out that I want to give out there is young adults, forward young adults, this Friday evening, this Friday night, we got our first rally of the year, first rally ever, talking about does truth change? We got an awesome panel that's going to be discussing this subject and answering some of these questions. We want to see your face in the place, 7 p.m. Make sure that you guys uh, go on the app, RSVP in the events. Let us know that you're coming out so that way we can make sure that we have a little something, something for you and uh, we don't want you to miss it. Um, there, I just wanted a final word of encouragement <clears throat> to those of you that don't let shame or embarrassment hold you Come back on, yeah. from, from, uh, from making this step. There's nothing ever to be ashamed of for identifying with Christ and, and desiring to draw closer to him. For those of you that may have been like career Christians or or grew up in church and you did it just because it was the thing to do. But now, like the pastors have said, you've gained an understanding. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, if God, if Holy Spirit is moving on your heart to do it, right. do it, do it. You know what? If we it's, and it's a sign of him drawing you. And the, here's the thing is that we wouldn't come. We don't come to God on our own. It's because he draws us by his goodness yes. and his spirit. Yes. He, he, he draws us so lovingly and he's so irresistible. Do not resist. Don't engage and indulge in the embarrassment and the shame game because the enemy likes to put the, oh, look at you. Oh, everybody's going to look at you. You thought you had it together before, but it's like, you know what? No, God, do so, God can do so much with your honesty and he resists the proud, but he gives grace to yeah. the humble. And with the thing with grace is there is so much more to come like a flood. And I just want to encourage you, don't let shame or embarrassment hold you back. If you want to come here and do it, you, we welcome you. There is no judgment in the house, just grace. We love y'all. Yeah, that shame and embarrassment will be drowned when you go down in that water. That, that, right. that watery grave, come out new with newness of life. Make sure you sign up on the app. Please make sure you fill do out the connection now. card. 
Yeah. What, what, we what we told it? you how, so do it now. There you go. Stole it from Ray Charles. <laughs> from Ray Charles. Ray Charles was in the building on Sunday, man. They yeah. did they did the thing. But yeah, we told you how, so do it now. Make sure you go on the app, go and fill out the connection card. Do it. Don't delay. Amen. Amen. Um, anything we missing anything? I think that's it. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming out tonight. Um, before we dismiss you, let's go ahead and pray. Amen. Can I pray? Is that yes, okay? please. Yeah. God, we love you so much. You, you are Lord. so good. I thank you that you're a God that wants to be known, Lord God. And you've put yourself, laid us open, laid open yourself literally in a book so that we could find out about who you are and what your, your heart is towards us and what your plan is for us, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for bringing understanding in our hearts tonight, for illuminating our understanding, illuminating our eyes, opening our eyes of understanding so we can see what your marvelous plan is for our lives, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your word that went forth this evening, Lord. We thank you for uh, the good ground that it fell on, Lord God. And we thank you in advance for the harvest that is coming, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy, your presence that was here to meet us tonight, Lord. I thank you that your presence knows no boundaries, Lord God, that it was felt in virtual land, Lord God, just like it was felt here in this physical room, Lord. And we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for being available. Thank you for making your power, your anointing, your healing, your deliverance available to us, Lord God. And Father, as we leave this place, we thank you that your presence goes with us, Lord God. Continue to prick our hearts and speak your mysteries to us and reveal your love to us, Lord God, throughout the week, Lord God, and every day after that, Lord. We love you so much. We bless you, Lord God, and we agree for this in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus Christ. We all prayed and said, amen and amen. We love you guys. Thank you so much for coming out tonight and tuning in. We'll see you Sunday.